0: to Healthcare du Jour, where we dish up and digest the latest in healthcare. For the next 30 minutes, sit back as we bring you insight, commentary, and discussion on trending topics to the table, all expertly served up by our host and his guests. Healthcare du jour is brought to you by Carium, the telehealth platform enabling healthcare's digital transformation, helping you care for people within the fabric of their daily lives. Now here's your host, Matt Fisher.
1: Welcome back, and thank you for joining as we dive into the hottest topics in healthcare. I'm your host, Matt Fisher. On the menu today is Omri Shore, co-founder and CEO at MediSafe. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here with you today. Yeah, so Omri, what I always like to do before getting into the main part of the conversation is give my guests a little bit more of a chance to provide an introduction in terms of who they are and what they do. So the floor is
0: yours. Uh, Perfect. So um, I'm um, Omri, founder and CEO at MediSafe. And uh, We've started the company back in 2012 after my father who's diabetic and hypertensive accidentally overdosed on his medications. And it was a simple mistake, but uh, it could really endanger uh, someone's lives. So we've decided to fix it for him and many others like him and founded MediSafe. Um, MediSafe today is considered the leading medication engagement platform that empowers patients to manage their treatment journey seamlessly. We empower one patient at a time, but at scale, and we make it completely personalized for them. And we guide them using our advanced technology to uh, manage the patient journey end to end in a much better way. And um, on the other side, we work with a lot of the healthcare leaders mostly in the biotech, life sciences, pharma companies to support their patients throughout their uh, most complex prescriptions.
1: So kind of with what you just said in terms of why you ended up starting MediSafe,
0: was that your first foray into healthcare or um, were you in healthcare before that? I was uh, on the healthcare consumer side with my father. Uh, I was never on the on the healthcare industry side. So that was really the beginning for us and the true moment of truth that drove us to, uh, to where we're at today. And I remember the conversations uh, with um, my father's provider, payer, pharma company, pharmacy, diabetes clinic. And I asked all of them, how can you support my father in a better way to make sure that never happens again? And uh, simply put, they said, we don't have any solution, but his payer actually said, and if you bring one to market, I'll be happy to pilot it with you. So I said, oh, well, uh, challenge accepted. And that was 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. And you, you kind of framed it as medication engagement. So, you know, from that description you just gave, was were you kind of crafting that framework of what medication engagement could be, or did you find that there, you know, as you started digging into it, that the concept
0: did exist within the market before that? Well, the challenge exists for many years. And um, I don't think that before technology came in at scale, there was any way of solving it. If you think about it, uh pharma companies with the most complicated prescriptions specialty drugs mostly uh, when they found out that they have a conversion and retention and adherence problems what they really did is to um employ people because that's what healthcare is notoriously known for they uh they hired nurses they hired uh hired uh Patient journey managers and patient experience managers. And healthcare is personal, but from a one call a month that lasts three to seven minutes, you can't really get to know the individual. So, and and even more challenging to make it happen at scale. And even more challenging is to get the patient on the phone. I never pick up unrecognized numbers, and as I assume most of your listeners are uh, the same so um, so we try to create a digital solution that will support patients throughout the journey and uh, we will do it in a personalized way because we engage with the patients two or three times a day as opposed to a nurse that um, will call him once a month or once every three months or once a year to uh, support them in the renewal of the prescription and kind of with
1: as you were talking about, you know, having more frequent interactions that are more personalized, you know, kind of what does that full journey end up looking like? And you know, what were the specific aspects of the technology or the available technology or the technology that you created that helped to enrich and make the
0: experience more personal? So if you think about patients in with let's say, uh, serious conditions on specialty medications. From the moment that one uh, got diagnosed, they are challenged. They need to learn more about their condition. They are prescribed with the medication. They ask questions. What is biologic treatment? Is it good for me? What are the potential side effects? What are other patients on the same therapy? How do they feel about it? It helped them and uh, for how long will I need to take it? And then there is the moment of truth when you actually want to get their prescription and get the drug to you. So you need all sorts of approvals and pre-auth and such. You then need to buy the drug and you find out that it would cost you two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month for the therapy. So that creates a lot of challenges. Each one of them is another hurdle in getting the patients to get on therapy and to continue on therapy for as long as they are required to uh, by the physician. So what we try to do is to identify each one of these challenges, whether if the patient told us that this is the challenge or we use all sorts of, uh, I'll say, uh, used our sixth uh, sixth uh, sense to understand what's going on and to try to solve it for that specific patient at that point in time. There are over 100 reasons why patients won't take their medications. So we try to target each one of these challenges with the right intervention at the right time for the right patient. Makes sense? Yeah, no, I think kind of as you're saying in kind of that
1: right time, right intervention. You know, it is, you know, as you are saying, trying to find not just one solution to fit everybody, but finding the different variations and tweaking it as you kind of learn about that particular person. So that way they're feeling, oh, I'm not just being given generic advice. It's, it it kind of feels more like it fits their specific situation.
0: That is a very uh, great description.
1: So kind of what were some of the challenges in trying to figure out all those variations? Because one, I'm sure you haven't figured all of them out yet because you're probably still learning even you know the 10 10 plus years in at this point, but it's you know kind of how how do you help provide those um, different guideposts or different interactions to to drive um,
0: a better experience for patients. So it starts typically from the specific therapy and understanding what is the typical patient journey for a patient on this therapy. um, Does it have any uh, pre-off, any uh, specific challenges that we need to talk about, maybe side effects that we want to put on the table? And I can give examples to all of these. And, um, And what are the right interventions for these? So it starts with some some, uh, human work and a lot of thinking and whiteboarding. And then uh, at some point in time, we deploy that uh, into the market. We have technology that allows us to very quickly create a digital companion for drug and put it um, into the market. And at that point in time, it's a quick duration process. Uh, learning what are the challenges and how to improve them. Uh, some of that is machine learning and, and um, that that really fuels the holistic patient engagement platform and the different interventions are driven by our technology called GD, Just-In-Time Intervention. And some of that is uh, having the right folks on board that can help to identify those gaps in treatment and the challenges for patients. And really what's happening is that it's creating a huge decision tree of if, then, if, then, if, then, and then aligns for each and every patient based on that.
1: Yeah, it kind of, as I said, it's kind of constantly learning. But at the same time, you you know, even if you have all that in the background, you're have you found particular strategies that make it more likely for patients to engage or to take advantage of, uh, you know, kind of that information and that guidance uh, through the journey?
0: Well, first and foremost, one of the most important things is to think about patient holistically. Uh, When our our partners and clients approach this, in many cases, they think about their specific therapy, but it is not only about the therapy. It's about understanding the patient as a whole. I can give you a couple of examples. Patient who's taking a uh, specific oncology therapy, which is very important for them, but if they won't take the immunosuppressants, the the actual drug is not going to work. So we need to think about that holistically. We have a a drug that is a biweekly injectable And, and patients are guided by their physician to typically inject it over the weekend. Now, Matt, I don't know how your weekends look like. Mine are filled with fun i want to go hiking i want to go to the beach i want to go skiing in the season and the last thing that i want to think about is when and where should i inject the drug so we found based on data that if we suggest to patients to inject it on tuesdays and fridays and depending on which persona that is we'll see about 10% more likelihood for the patient to inject the drug so it is really about thinking about the patient holistically and, and how to in, uh, uh, how to interact with them uh, each and every day. So that's the game. Uh, basic strategies, reminders. The good thing about reminders, it opens the door for us to have a conversation with the patient on a nearly daily basis. If you do it correctly, and how many reminders. And what's the tone in the reminder? So saying reminder is easy, right? But for some patients, it would be, hey, Matt, how are you today? And um, make sure that you uh, take your meds. And for some patients, it would be more guided. Hey, take your meds. And for some patients, it's going to be, your family cares about you. Make sure that you take your meds. Even that tone have shown to, to really improve. The engagement of the patients. Yeah, but it also
1: seems like kind of as as you said, the key fundamental underlying all that is taking the time to learn about the patient and not just make assumptions, but to actually ask questions or you know gather information that helps to um, construct the appropriate type of interaction. Right.
0: This is correct but ask two less questions you won't know, ask too many questions, there is fatigue. So um, imagine yourself going into a program and being asked, I don't know, 20 questions to understand who you are. So that's where the data that we have helps us in a de-identified way, HIPAA compliant, uh, ISO certified way to really use the 10 million patients that have used MediSafe in the past, about 30 billion data points of how patients engage with all sorts of content. And to understand that Matt from Central Massachusetts um, is behaving probably differently than OMRI. And for one of us, it would be more about how can I afford the drug? What's the process to get on the drug? And for the other one, it is oh my god, this is injectable. Now I need to inject to myself like twice a month. This is obscene. So each and every one of us needed needs a different set of communications. Uh, when you have ten million patients behind you, you can predict in a much better way uh, what to tell Matt and what to tell Marie. You yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I and mean, kind of as you said, you're building,
1: you know baseline personas that you can then um, create more specific interactions off of. And, and for those of you just joining, I'm talking with Omri Shore of MediSafe. We've been talking about patient engagement and, and medication engagement for individuals. And Omri, we've been talking a lot about you know that patient side of it. Is there also work to be done for the clinicians and the care team to get them to better understand you know, what's happening with the patient and how to effectively, um, you know, I think create a collaborative environment uh, so you can drive the outcomes that we've been talking about so far.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's a great question. Clinicians are personally invested in the medication management. They prescribe the med for the patient to take their medications correctly and come healthier on the other side. Roughly 30 percent of the medications are never picked up from the pharmacy. And for serious medications, it goes up to 40%. So how do we drive better healthcare uh, and better health for the specific patients when they won't take their medication? So there are, personally, they care a lot about that. Um, there would be a, a big impact Uh, if patients will not be able to take them. So by implementing patient engagement solutions uh, that supports the treatment journey, we can help and reduce these concerns. Same goes for patients, right? Um, They have their own concerns about the the drug, about the personal challenges, and how do I go and pass these challenges and become healthier on the other side? So there is an area of intersecting interest to get healthier. Now you just need to go through the challenges. So kind of, How do you, I mean, do you have a particular strategy or do you work
1: with helping to get the clinicians to understand those barriers so maybe they can, um, I guess, find out where they exist with patients or,
0: you know, kind of how,
1: how do you help create that alignment? Mm-hmm.
0: We do have on our technology, a provider facing experience as well called MediSafe providers. We have some providers who use it, but mostly what's happening is that the patient's um, provider will tell patients it's important for them to take their medications. We are aware of many of them recommending MediSafe to their patients specifically. And then... um, In many cases, patients have the the ability to send their report out to the provider if they want to, or show it on their mobile device when they enter the physician's office. Medicef also is uh, allowing patients to create their um, patient diary. It's a very important tool for providers to understand what's happening with the patient at every point in time. I remember the first, I was a kid, the first patient diary. It said, you know, on the kitchen table, and my father used to fill that um, as a diabetic patient, how his um, glucose levels went up and down, when did he take his meds, and so on and so forth. And no physician could actually understand the handwriting behind it. So we make it far easier with Medisafe to do that—to track your biometrics, to uh, understand patient-reported outcomes, and how the medications are actually impacting one's body. Yeah, kind of, thats a very
1: interesting point around the ability to track and then easily share that information. Because it's—you know—I think as you were saying, not only does it create a cleaner environment where you're collecting and storing that information and then make makes it easier to understand. But I imagine it also even on the patient's side, once you have a, once you it feels less burdensome to be tracking that information, I wonder, you know, it seems like it would increase the likelihood of that information being created in the first place. And then also allows the patient to start seeing insights on their own because you know they can you know even you know, I know for myself, sometimes when I write even a day or two later, I might not be able to read my own handwriting. Um, so it's,
0: you know, kind of solves that problem on both sides. That is correct. And we can show them a correlation between how they're taking their medications and how they're active and their health outcomes. So they can actually learn, use that for themselves, not, on, not only for the physician. Yeah, and
1: kind of thinking about all of, all of those outcomes and all those possibilities, you know, how have you seen the experience evolve over, you know, the roughly decade that you've been, you know, focused on this particular uh, problem within
0: healthcare? The experience from the MediSafe perspective?
1: Yeah, or just, you know, I think from your perspective or, you know, from the, or even the like the technology capabilities, um, you know, i I think very just globally, you know, kind of how how have you seen progress? And, and I would also maybe frame it as the willingness to engage with these types of solutions um, kind of evolve over time. So I think, you know, obviously the avail- types of technology and the, the ubiquity of technology has rapidly increased over the past decade. Cause it's, uh, you know, I, I always kick myself for saying this but I have young children. I'm constantly saying when I was your age, you know none of these things existed. And it's, uh, you know, one of the bigger examples is they're never going to hear that dial-up modem sound. Um, because, you know, I mean, first of all, when I was my children's age, who are under 10, a video, you know, having over internet-based communication, like, you know, the recording on, not even a dream, uh, sure. would have been total sci-fi. So it's, you know, kind of, with that rapid pace of development, how have you seen interactions and the possibilities kind of uh, evolve and hopefully create more opportunities?
0: That's a wonderful question. I'll talk about the patients and then I wanna talk about the industry. So I'll start with the patient. Uh, When we started Medisafe back in 2012, we were told by investors that our focus on mobile technology to support patients is a miss on the market, uh, older adults will never use mobile solutions. My parents happen to visit us from Israel. Now they're stuck with their phones, even more than my kids. So um, that obviously is no longer an issue. The second side that was uh, challenging back, back in the beginning is to create the cloud technology that allows us to personalize experiences for patients. So the market and the technology really evolved on these two fronts. And that allows us to uh, really drive much better impact on patients. The version zero of Medisafe, when we brought it to market, had exactly two features, reminders and family notifications. I.e., if I don't take my meds within 30 minutes and after a few notifications, it goes to my wife, and then we both know what, what's going to happen, right? <laughs> so um, so that was the basic functions. Uh, but over the years, we continue to evolve with far more uh, depth to the, the experiences that patients will, uh, will learn inside MediSafe and the, the range of the possibilities for them. So that's one side. I think that the other side is the industry. So again, when we started a company 10 years ago, going to a a pharma company and talking about patient engagement, talking about patient journeys, that was a nice conversation. You could typically have it only with a director of innovation in a pharma company or a life sciences company. And everyone else were focused on other areas of the business. Today, you can have the same conversation with the CEO, and he will tell you that it is extremely strategic for them uh, to figure out how to engage with patients in a personalized way and improve the patient experience. Listen to that. Pharma companies care about patient experience. This was far from the narrative 10 years ago. So I think that what we have seen is a change in the technology that enables people to use our uh, solution. It's a change in how folks adopt that into their daily lives. And on the industry side, now a clear understanding that strategically, they have to be there to support their patients. Yeah, and, and kind of think, I think both of the, those two sides you were just talking
1: about clearly intersect because it's, you know, as the industry understands that individuals and your example your parents is great <clears throat> that people are using technology and you have to kind of throw out the old assumptions that as people are aging, they're gonna, you know, maybe they don't that they don't understand or they're not gonna want to use the technology. You know, I think you have to kind of throw that out and just go with a baseline of everyone is using technology. And if you're not going to tap into the possibilities that exist there, you're missing out on all these opportunities to create more, you know, a higher chance of a better outcome and for probably effective utilization of a particular service within healthcare. Um, you know, so it's kind of as I said, what you were describing sounds like, you know, from an outside perspective, a very common sense synergy.
0: Yes, indeed. I wanna give you examples from other industries. So, um, you know, like you're saying um, to your kids when I was your age, when I was their age, I wanted to open a bank account. I physically had to go to the bank to meet an actual human being on the other side and to open an account, right? My um, bank today is right here in my hands called my mobile phone, the the app. Uh, When I started working on MediSafe, I had a travel agent. I needed to call her to change everything about my travel. My travel agent today is inside my iPhone. So if you think about it in many other areas of our lives, we have transitioned to digital as the default and the people to be the, the, the exception. I, need, I still need to call United from time to time if uh, something's not working for me inside the app. But this is the exception handling. And In healthcare, <clears throat> we commonly think about the people side to be the main use of um, or, or the course of business and the technology to be the exception. But I think that in the next year or so, some of that is already happening. We're going to see that flip, that technology is going to be the usual course of business and people will be the exception. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, I think a very good prediction. And I think, as you
1: said, you can start to see see it happen, especially with all the staffing shortages across healthcare and the recognition that you need to go there. And, you know, believe it or not, we're already out of time. So I think that's going to be a very provocative thought to leave folks with. Um, so, I <laughs> want to thank my
0: guest over shore for a great conversation today. Thank you very much, Matt, and uh, appreciate the conversation today. And it passed 27 minutes in a, feels like a second. So, thank you. Yes, no,
1: it always does. And thank you to everyone listening. Keep the dialogue going and connect with me at hashtag HCDEJURE. I'm Matt Fisher. Until next time. <laughs>